Hello, and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And today, we're back with another mini-sode uh, with, from the Dune Encyclopedia. You know it. You love it. We're here to talk Dune terms. She, Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, we are always here mm. to learn. Like, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up because the last minisode was such a barn burner. So it's not going to be as exciting as the new adventures of old Matilda. But, you know, hopefully <laughs> we'll keep everyone engaged. <laughs> Nothing will ever be that good. And I didn't find another weird animal I know. this week. It so peaked. we're it out. Peaked. We're out this of weird Matilda. animals. Because yeah. this is written before, I think this was after god emperor but before chapter house but before chapter house so mm-hmm. futars and chair dogs are not in the dune encyclopedia <laughs> Unfortunately. i can read to people about them if they would like me to just look them up but unfortunately they are not in the dune encyclopedia yes megan uh. everyone wants you to read to us <laughs> about chair dogs the audience is begging for it all they want these people, salivating for all day it. every day i just get knocking at my door on twitter right. endlessly <laughs> uh, so what have you uh chosen to talk about today well this week i decided to do it's a very short chapter unfortunately a short entry oh, on no. our old friend wana ua wana marcus mm-hmm. ua i should say she's in um She's just in it under Juana, even though she mm-hmm. has a last name, which I find interesting. <laughs> Patriarchy. Well, she she they call her Juana Marcus, but then mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, Juana. <laughs> 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 but it is very short, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it. Please. So Juana. A Benny Gesserit adept, wife of the Sook School doctor Wellington Yui, who betrayed Duke Leto Atreides. Juana Marcus is believed to have been killed by order of Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Information concerning a plot to kill Duke Leto Atreides substantiates the extent of Juana's involvement in Bene Gesserit political infiltration plans. Ooh. Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Moyham, I always want to say Monahan, like Michelle Monahan. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Monahan would make a great Reverend Mother. Reverend Mother Michelle Monahan. Uh, indicate that Juana Marcus was extremely talented, especially in the skills of truth trance and truth saying. Mm. She was being groomed for the role of truth sayer and a possible place on the Cogita, Cogita? I don't know how Latin goes. Don't don't ask, don't look at me. Vera Council. (laughs) The Cogita Vera Council. But certain developments, notably Reverend Mother Gaius Helen's discovery of the young Paul Atreides' exceptional abilities caused the Reverend Mother to alter her plans for Juana. Believing that the time of the Kwisatch Haderach had come, Michelle Monaghan was <laughs> determined to usher it in without any delay. For this purpose, Juana Marcus was selected to act as decoy. Juana was to infiltrate the Harkonnen entourage. Her presence would remind the Baron of her husband's intimate relationship with the House of Atreides and the position of responsibility the Sook Doctor held in that household. The scheme turned on the strength of Yue's love for his Bene Gesserit wife and the extent to which he could be depended upon to protect her from harm. For Juana's part, her commitment to the sisterhood and its universal mission would overcome any scruples she might have had regarding Duke Leto and take precedence over allegiance to her own husband. Juana would be remembered, if at all, 
as a, help, as a hapless innocent caught in the deadly Harkonnen net of pride and revenge. Juana was told her sacrifice would hasten the day of the Kwisatz Haderach by eliminating foreseeable contingencies on both sides, Atreides and Harkonnen. She was chosen, her order told her, because of her courage, her record of obedience, her special training, and her exquisite gifts. It was regretted, of course, that one so brilliantly endowed should be prematurely lost to the sisterhood, even in such a case. Reverend Mother Gaius Helen noted that Yue's capit capitulation to mm -hmm. the blackmail was certain if he possessed the faintest hope that his treachery could keep Juana alive. To Baron Harkonnen, love was a fatal weakness that invited assault, and he played out his accustomed part perfectly. The Bene Gesserit believed one person's weakness is another's strength. In the eyes of the sisterhood, the untimely loss of Duke Leto would prepare the way for young Paul and the rule the Bene Gesserit had awaited so long and had worked with such tenacity to achieve. Juana Marcus was an instrument through which the Order's dream would become reality. The sisters at the chapter house, where she had been a special favorite, mourned Juana's death with quiet affection and genuine sorrow, intoning lamentations of great simplicity and pathos. And the great dramatist Hark El Arba later celebrated the saga of Juana's blameless life and tragic death in History of Duke Leto, Part 2. So let me so, get this straight. Okay. She knew she was going to get captured and likely killed? Yes. Hmm. You know, the Bene Gesserit are ice cold ice yeah. ice cold sculptures yeah. <laughs> yeah this this is saying that they knew that if she was taken by the baron that mm -hmm. that would make ua susceptible to being blackmailed mm -hmm. so they offered her up as the off the sacrifice for that and they knew she would likely be killed because the baron doesn't fuck around Mm -hmm. So they basically um, engineered Leto's death. Yes, they, yeah. Yeah. Use betrayal. Cool, very everything. cool ladies. <laughs> Girl. Awesome sauce, guys. What Girl boss, right? <laughs> wow. Like, Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss, the Benny right. Jesuit way. <laughs> That's um, what they should call the sisterhood. Yeah, that should be the tagline. <laughs> uh that's yeah it's kind of nuts but not unbelievable not at all I, especially yeah go ahead and i like it better than people saying that she's that spider thing oh god there's no way i was like a, a couple people said that to me and i was like there's no way helen mohayam would sit there knowing that that's what that was and be cool with it no no like the Bene Gesserit, whatever they do, yes, they sacrifice their own, but that's but they don't make them into you know horrible monstrous spider things with big spider asses. things, right? Yeah, big booties. <laughs> yeah, that bubble. was one of those theories that I didn't want to spend all my time being like, mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case. There's something like that that's happening right now with Andor. Mm. Where people, it's and it's one of these things where people keep being like, I bet blank and blank, and it's just like, no, <sighs> girl, no. I just finished Rings of Power, where everybody and every several pieces of furniture were rumored to be Sauron, so <laughs> <laughs> they're like that city, right? <laughs> is secretly Sauron. That's right. how I felt. That's, I mean, it's, it's not. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. I mean, they did warn us that Sauron was going to be hot, and I was unprepared for just how hot he is. So, moving I on, knew, because if yeah, I, I start talk, 
if I start talking about this, we're we're gonna have like a two hour episode right now because I'm so obsessed <laughs> at this moment that I reached out to our friend of the show, good friend, uh, El Busco, and I said. <laughs> I need you to watch this entire series this weekend so I have someone else to talk about it with. And she was like, on it. <laughs> yeah, and I keep did. saying that because you keep being like, these shows are amazing. You need to watch Drinks of Power. You need to watch Interview the Vampire. And I yeah. keep saying, that's great. And then I watch a horror movie and an episode of Grey's Anatomy every night and I go to sleep. <laughs> I'm, You know what? It, you got to do what you got to do to get through the day. I'm not blaming. I'm not begrudging anyone that. I know, I know but- you'll get to it eventually and you'll be like, holy shit, you were right. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Let us know. I would love to be part of the zeitgeist, but I just I'm just telling you, Megan, at this moment, the way that these shows have me feeling in my heart and in my soul, I feel like I'm back in my Tumblr days. And I am, in fact, I am, in fact, tempted to take to Tumblr these days. Like, Ah. I need to go somewhere for this. (laughs) That was me. That was me with The Mandalorian. Right. I was like, so, what if I just looked at gifts of this all day? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's this one particular TikTok that I have watched so many times that my husband now knows what I'm watching when he walks into the room and hears the music. He's like, not this again. We we have to talk. <laughs> he he lays behind my car like Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> oh, anyway, if you haven't heard that rumor, that's a new one. No. Oh, yeah, there is this whole thing about apparently, um, <laughs> just to get off topic, the the Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis household, their nanny, basically broke their NDA and did like an interview and was like, yeah, <laughs> things started to fall out like seriously when he found out that she had made this made a salad for Harry Styles and it was like a particular homemade dressing that she makes and he was like not the dressing and apparently like not a euphemism he was actually upset about the dressing and like laid behind her car so she couldn't leave healthy healthy behavior Jason, so, no. I'm going to say it's both, it's bad on either side, but also none of my business. Si- well, yeah. <laughs> I was on his side when people were trying to villainize him about the her getting served papers, because, like, he doesn't do that personally. Mm-hmm. Like, you hire someone to do that, and then they yeah. do it anyway possible. And it's up to them wherever they go. So, um, but yeah. that, that's, oh, no. Yeah. It's, mm. it's a, nobody looks especially great in this situation, except maybe Harry Styles. There's a woman on TikTok who is a celebrity personal chef, mm-hmm. and I am dying to know who she cooks for. And it's yes. not my business what these people <laughs> eat, but some of it is just so, like, I want to yeah, know. Yeah, because you can do as many of here's what I eat in a day, like, Vogue or Vanity Fair, like, videos. But at the, at the end of the day, I know some of y'all out there eating a cheeseburger or chicken nuggets. Well, you it's know? not anything like that. I mean, they're eating pretty good. But yeah. the amount of money, because she'll always be like, oh, and then I wanted to go to the store and get stuff for dinner. And, of course, it's always Erewhon. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, I just spent $600 on stuff for one meal. <laughs> it's like, oh, of course you did. Yeah, no. <laughs> of course, that's not two months worth of... <laughs> right, of groceries for <laughs> groceries. a normal person, yes. Um, well, 
<laughs> so slightly related to one I've also chosen. I'm just going to dive into mine now. Yeah. <laughs> I've also chosen to pick something from the Bene Gesserit uh, sort of umbrella. Uh, today I'm talking about the Panoplia Propheticus, which I think I might have brought up in a previous episode when we were going through the... Um, the dictionary, the glossary at the back of Dune. But this is a lot more detailed. Um, everyone who has listened to the show knows that I have a big boner for the Missionera Protectiva. That's, you know, I, I find them so fascinating. Such an interesting part of the Bene Gesserit lore. Um, mm-hmm. And this is basically sort of their... Uh, the the Panoplia Propheticus is basically like their archives. It's their and it's an elaborate collection of legends, rituals, and training manuals that details the methods by which the sisterhood manipulated religions in order to exploit primitive culture. So they would come to like a developing planet and sort of see where the how the land lies, and then they would start planting these prophecies and seeds and basically it was to you know assure protection for Bene Gesserits that were doing field work among them primarily the myths would involve worship of a female deity the veneration of pregnant women and the prophetic wisdom of old women as well as yeah yeah, as well as a prophesized male savior figure which I'm less Uh, cool with but as we all know <laughs> this was because they knew they were going to have a Quisette's Hatteract one day. Yes. So they're kind of, you know, very early on laying the groundwork, but it was necessary for them. They saw it to protect both their breeding lines and the espionage work that the order did because that's sort of their their two you know, the the breeding and the espionage are like their bread and butter. You know, mm-hmm. they're professional spies <laughs> basically. Um, so formative social groups for like, you know, I, I'm glad they said formative social groups and not tribes, but formative social groups were exposed to like this infectious superstition, you know, grounded in like the fears uh, of the unknown that they sort of already had, like their misunderstandings of the natural world. So this is basically the antithesis of the prime directive. (laughs) It's like, go in, (laughs) you know, plant some some propaganda, (laughs) sit back and wait and see what happens. I mean, that's basically what they're doing every yeah on the Enterprise anyway. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I mean, people don't like to talk about Prime Directive. Yeah, people don't like to talk about how you know Starfleet can be a little colonialist sometimes, Mm. but you know. They uh, the newer shows I think kind of tackle that in a nice way. Yeah. Um, but in any case, the Panoplia Propheticus is actually like a collection. It's a, a recorded history of all these myths that were ever seeded by the Sisterhood. So it's basically like all of the records of everything they've done under this umbrella, and um, they use it to determine patterns that are suitable to specific environments. So like if someone had gone into Seleucia first, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for example, and just said, well, this place is very similar in a lot of ways to Arrakis, so maybe we can just, you know, tweak this, what we did on Seleucia, and use it here. I like um, 
Yeah, so it was generally thought to be a reference work on the general reference shelves of the Bene Gesserit Library, like, you know, it's <laughs> just a book that you would pick up and, and check out. But it's actually held in the Bene Gesserit archives and fills three complete rooms. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. So I say it, that professionally. So they, you know, as an archivist, you know, they have mm. uh, an index, basically, of, of everything that you can find <laughs> in the library. <laughs> like, here's hold the on. index no, no, no. of all. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, carry on. Okay. <laughs> so there's three main portions to the Panoplia Propheticus. So there's, uh, then they have very silly names. So there's Shari A, which I... Almost called Sharia until I saw the next part was Shari B. Uh, <laughs> so it's okay, Shari yeah. A and Shari B. I don't know who Shari is, but Shari A is... <laughs> oh, Shari. Yeah. A list of the rituals that they seeded. Shari B links those rituals to the specific Bene Gesserit purpose for each one. Like, here's okay. all the, here's this list of rituals. Here's why we did it. And then the third part is the Canto et Respondu. Um, call and response. That's the rites, benedictions, and litanies linked to each ritual, which all benedictions or novices were required to master. Um, there is a bunch of pattern catchphrases that they had to know so they could identify like what rules and superstitions were embedded in that specific place. So mm -hmm. if they heard a certain catchphrase or if they said a certain catchphrase and it got a certain response, they would know then, like, okay, here's the legends, here's the myths that have been seated in this place. Okay. But here, would you like some examples of the catchphrases? Okay, here's a few. <laughs> They're very silly. <laughs> uh, que sera, sera. <laughs> okay. I'm not, you have to yeah, sing I'm it? not kidding. Yeah. Uh, the thing must take its course. We've heard okay. that one. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then on planet Eudora Welty, you can't keep a good man down. <laughs> okay, uh, the coming of a reverend mother will free you. Behind every great man is a good woman. Eh. Uh, Time will tell. And my two, per my two personal very favorites. Vague. Yeah, very vague. Time will tell is very vague. But my two personal favorites are... <laughs> You had to have been there, which, <laughs> okay. And then this last one, I, I'm going to need some help with. If you want to know, ask a popcorn maven. That is literally the, no. the catchphrase. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> I want to be yeah. a popcorn maven. I don't know what a popcorn maven is. But I don't I'm, either, but I like it. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Missionera Protectiva was disbanded during the reign of Leto II, but evidence suggests that the collection was still available and in use during his reign in the Bene Gesserit mm -hmm. archives. So mm -hmm. were they disbanded? Question mark? Question mark, question mark. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sort of make any sense to still operate it when they've already had two Quizzets Heterics? Quizzets? <laughs> Quizzes, I I don't know, I don't know what the <laughs> the plural of that is, but they've had two, so they don't need any more. I, I don't know. There's a but, big sign um, on the wall. It just says Jessica, and there's a big X through it. 
no. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the Panoplia propheticus. Um, Those are the three... worst catchphrases I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my God. You had to have been there? Are you serious? I, do you know how many times in a day I say that? That's... Although I never say you can't keep a good man down because you Is absolutely can. It's very like, easy. <laughs> That's a phrase people just say. <laughs> I mean, you have yeah. to find something that's not not super weird. Like that's fair. Like then that's right. going to be really suspicious. But you also can't have it just be something that is completely like just what someone could say in casual conversation and now you think that they're a Benny Gesserit. Mhm. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, and it wasn't used to, like, identify other Bene Gesserit. It was just used to identify, like, what myths and superstitions well, yeah, but had been planted in that they're time. They're telling you something. Yeah. And, and like, oh, hey, no, they're just talking about popcorn mavens. I mean, how how about this? <laughs> when there was interstellar travel, what happens when someone goes from one planet to another planet and says stuff like, oh, you know, you can't keep a good man down. And then people on that planet start saying it. I mean, that's hey, how sarah, language sarah. works. <laughs> like, language is language is basically an, it, it is infectious. It does transmit and translate oh, and yeah. morphs and mutates and all kinds of stuff. So that kind of thing doesn't Would make we, a ton of sense to me, but I, I'm not a bit of Jesuit, so what do I know? I managed to catch it for the most part, but when we were actually hanging out in the flesh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could feel my... Ooh, in the flesh. In the flesh. I could feel <laughs> my southern accent coming back. <laughs> and I like, don't think it's even that... Mine's not even pronounced to me. No, but it's know. more than I hear on a daily basis. Oh, sure, So, sure. like, hearing it, it was like, oh, here it comes. And it's like, that's just the way humans are. Mm-hmm. Like, you just... You take on things. You adapt. Like, you start saying yeah. things because your friends say it. That's... And since my mother-in-law's been here for the past four days, I'm saying pop and... <laughs> instead of soda. Oh, it drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah. (laughs) I've never, I could never get behind that. That to me is one of those things that's so foreign because I've never lived anywhere where it was called pop. Yeah. So just when people do that, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like a soda pop, fine. I I feel like it's kind of an old timey thing to say, like, oh, I want a soda pop. But just pop on its own. I'm like, what are mm-hmm. you talking about? I, I mean, are you I talking about your grandfather? Agree. Like, is your yeah. grandfather around? You mean pop pop? Yeah, it's pop pop. Yeah. <laughs> I had a pop pop. I'm telling you, Minnesota was seeded by Bene Gesserit's. I'm convinced. I think so. I've because the those... language there is so wild and it's like so unchanging. They're so resistant to change there that it's like, if you dare suggest, well, the rest of the country calls this game Duck, Duck, Goose. The rest of the country is fucking wrong. It's Duck, Duck, what? Gray Duck. <laughs> I mean, no. they get pissed. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you could calm down a little bit. That's not even fun to say. It's not fun to say in the least. But I think Goose the point is, is that to say. they get to play around with it and be like, Duck, Duck. Blue duck, pink duck, brown no, duck, no, and then they duck, say gray duck, 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 and then you and then you yell goose, goose, yeah, yeah. 
That's to me way more fun. But I concur. You know, those those Midwestern Bene Gesserits. What are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? <laughs> You're gonna shoot. <laughs> I seriously need to know what a popcorn maven is at this moment. It's yeah. really gonna drive me nuts. <laughs> what a random title! It I'm really a popcorn is popcorn maven. M a v i n. So I don't even know if I'm even saying that correctly. Popcorn Mavin? That's not yeah. even a word. I, I'm looking that up right now. Yeah, same. Is this, is this a reference to something that we just don't understand? Oops. <laughs> no, there's a place called Popcorn Maven. It's a popcorn store. Interesting. It's in Santa Fe. Mm. I've always um, wanted to go to New Mexico. So I'll and just go and ask, excuse Popcorn me. Sutton, who was a bootlegger. <laughs> oh, I like that. I love that as a name. I think that is an excellent boot, bootlegger name. It is. Popcorn. Popcorn Sutton. Just the whole thing. It's very good. All I know about bootleggers is what I know from the movie Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did use to, is you know. Tom Hardy in a sweater. Yes. Um. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I'm both from Appalachia, which is, of course, home of a proud tradition of bootlegging. And at the same time, I lived in St. Paul, which is a very was a very big like bootlegger hub back in the the 30s. So, oh, yeah. I know that from from a luncheon history talk that I went to once for a work Mm, that that in Cape May, there was a... um, a let's say a night a nighttime establishment mm-hmm. that the faucets ran wine. Oh, <laughs> delicious faucet wine! <laughs> yeah, it was just a wild... I need that metallic aftertaste. <laughs> mm, those pipes, to my wine. all the lead. Yes. <laughs> oh, I all hope it wasn't want. lead. <laughs> I mean, oh. in the twenties, who knows? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> oh, but that's uh, that's my entry for the week. So nice. Not as exciting as you know, Sister Matilda's big adventure, Nothing but will ever be. I know. It, with that, really, I did peak. I did peak in the last last mini episode. So I hope that you'll all bear with me on my downhill slide. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, do you have anything to promote this week? Uh, nothing in particular. I mean, I'm continuing on the spool to recap and review Andor, so those will be oncoming. Yes. We still have several more episodes. There's 12 episodes this season. Oh, and there will for be a some second... reason, I thought it was done already, but I'm excited. No. I'm glad to hear it's not. Yeah. And there will be a second season. Excellent. They've already declared that. So all the Diego Luna anyone can want. Yeah. I'm really just making space so that we can. And I'll just say uh, my final recap of Rings of Power is now up. And it was a real club banger of a finale. Everyone should watch it. And then go read my recap because that was also pretty darn good. I'm sure it was. I have not watched the show yet, so I can't read about it. I can just watch TikToks. (laughs) about yeah. hot guys right <laughs> the tiktok size it yeah everybody on that show pretty much is extremely hot except for the elves that you would think would be hot like elrond not hot but cute 
definitely mm-hmm. cute. And there is definitely some hints that there was some mm, trench, you know, war- wartime trench romance happening with Elrond and maybe one of the dwarf princes. I don't know. I'm definitely I, into it, I though. held my breath just there because I was mm-hmm. 99.9% sure you were going to say Galadriel and I was going to lose my shit. Mm-mm. No, they're just, they're really good buds. They're real good buds, you know, well, good friends. Um, Like, at first you're like, uh, are they, like, trying to make them romantic? Because they're very, mm. like, cud- they're very cuddly friends, but not, like, but as it goes on, you're like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, okay, I get it. Okay, thank God. Not at all. She just has mad, like, Morphic Clark, I'm going to say, has mad chemistry with every member of this cast. Like, everyone she comes into contact with, it's like, oh, there's, they have smoking hot chemistry. No, it's it's really just her and a couple of the guys are. I was just going to be very alarmed if they were going to start a relationship between him and his mother-in-law. No. (laughs) <laughs> they're not because <laughs> well, i feel like and, a lot of people who and this is no shade on anyone who's just watched the movies because mm-hmm. i mean those are very long books i get it yeah they um, are lots of singing lots of break breaking breaking but, for song i mean people have to understand that i mean like it's pretty clear arwin's his kid so like yeah <laughs> you know, there was a wife involved. He didn't just like find her on the street, right? Like that one. And I know a lot of people are very concerned that there's no Celeborn in the series. I believe that he will be a part of it in future seasons, but as of yet, he's only mentioned. Well, I mean, he's got a lot going on. They've all got a lot going on. But this gives me, you know, I it's two more years. It's two years until the next season starts, so I have two years. To sit here and stew over who I would want to play Caliborn. So far, I've narrowed okay. the list down to like Jonathan Majors, Joshua Jackson. Uh, who else? I don't know. It's hard because it's like if they're going to be an elf, you know, you have to have a certain yeah. sort of ethereal quality to you. They're, Maybe uh, like Ben Wishaw or something. He's very ooh. like delicate boy, you know? He is their uh, audition so they just have to Ooh. say tell me where is Gandalf yes uh, James Darcy would be great mm-hmm. he I looks very elfin already desire to speak with him that whole scene's <laughs> great because it's just like Kelleborn shh no <laughs> Kelleborn's just you know he he's chatting and meanwhile Galadriel's having like 18 conversations with her mind <laughs> Uh, this is he's, the best p- part of that, that show is that she just runs circles around everyone. He's a male wife. He is. He's a trophy I, wife. Like we all Cal- know Cal- this. Calvin's a male wife. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's really fine. But um, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Calibrian. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, don't do anything to mess up their romance. <laughs> I I don't see that being an issue. Okay. Because she's not born yet, but... That's awkward, Elrond. Elrond, that's awkward. <laughs> but, but you know, fair, Elrond, he has... son-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are always canceling people over, like, oh, that actor is six years older than his wife. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but Arwen's, like, yeah. 
2,000 years older than... Yeah, I was going to say, like, she's as old as, you know, (laughs) as all of modern history at this point. Like, (laughs) so I think they're okay. She meets him when he's, like, 15. She's like, oh, look at you. (laughs) A young man. I mean, there's elves getting hot hot for humans all in this show, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. Awkward. Yeah. At least well, he's a ranger. Okay, there's one elf getting hot for one mm, disguised human. <laughs> I support it. I have always supported yeah. elf human romance. Um, yes. But it is uncomfortable when you start to think about the ramifications of that. Because it's not like a vampire yeah. human thing. Because, like, in theory, you could become a vampire, you can't become an elf. No. Unless but an elf can a become a human, can Mass book. Yeah, well, then an elf can become a human, though. True. Yeah. True. But that's that's a big... Those fine-ass Numenorians too. I'm just saying. Like, the guy <laughs> that plays Elendil, fuck. <laughs> just all the people in Numenor, except for maybe, like, a couple old people, are, like, extremely hot. Ugh. It's not fair. That's, uh on Andor when they introduced the rebel sect that he was working with. It's like, and here's a, a group of very attractive men and women. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. Here's Speaking a hot guy of and another hot guy. Attractive. Here's a hot guy and a hot lady. Mm-hmm. And another hot lady. <laughs> I think it's time that we acknowledge that we manifested Indira Varma coming yes. to be a part of the sisterhood on HBO. Like, I feel like this is our doing and you can all send us your thank you letters. Yes, because we love her because so much. Because we, we campaigned for this. <laughs> we dreamt of this. We manifested it. This is all our doing. <laughs> not Everything her hard work her or, in. you know. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Like Oh, she was so talent. good in Obi-Wan. I mean. Just, she was. Uh, she's so she's beautiful so and she's so wonderful. And she's such a good actress. I mean, God, she was good on Game of Thrones. And I mean, she was given a lot of thankless shit to do absolutely um in in latter seasons i'll say in her initial season she had some very thankful shit to do wink (laughs) um but later on post post that post that happiness in her life she uh was given a lot of thankless shit to do on that show and she pulled it off because she's wonderful she's she's fabulous and i'm so excited about the show like every every new thing i hear about it i'm like okay yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll get to see the missionara protectiva at work in the show i'm very excited and someone will say popcorn maven (laughs) we could say what is that we'll say please tell us what it is and i can say no butter (laughs) hold the butter because i don't like butter on my pop I didn't know that when I sent you that TikTok. I just sent it to you because of Black Phillip. I don't tell everybody because people look at me weird, but I do. I should. I should walk that back a little bit. I do enjoy butter, like actual real butter on popcorn. Mm -hmm. I hate that oily shit that they pump on it in the movie theater. That's not butter. It's just butter flavored oil and I cannot stand it. Don't like popcorn. Well, there you go. I like not judging. corn. 
I'll eat Love popcorn it. if someone gets it in the movies. I'm always just like, I will eat some of this popcorn mm. because it's there and it's looking at me yeah. and I love food. But I never mm-hmm. get my own popcorn. And sure. for a brief time, my office had a popcorn maker, which never get a popcorn maker uh, for an office. No, that's the worst idea. But I would eat it there because, I mean, it's office food. It's like, you have provided this to me. I will eat it because it's, it's free mm-hmm. and I'm here. Sure. Um, but... Well. Yeah, I just am not into popcorn. So when people talk about like, oh, the movie theater popcorn, I'm always just like, I get... I guess you could say that we are not popcorn mavens. We're not popcorn mavens. I will not change my Twitter (laughs) handle to that. I'm never changing my Twitter handle. No, (laughs) I don't. I was going to say I don't see it happening. I changed mine a few days ago and now I don't remember (laughs) what it's from. I was going to ask you what it's from and now I'm glad I didn't because you don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure I was stoned when I did that. I will never not be humiliation Winthrop. Well, thank you, Ari Parrish, for that. Thank you. Thank you, friend of the show. Yes. Ari Parrish (laughs) for humiliation Winthrop, the greatest name I've ever read. (laughs) Yes. So I think that this is a good place to put a pin in it for the week. And we will Mm -hmm. be back next week with more God Emperor of Dune. I'm sure it's going to be weird. And look, I'm sorry I spent so much time talking about hot people in Lord of the Rings and Andor, but you're just the, you know what show you're listening to at this point. <laughs> you do. <laughs> in the meantime, rate and review us on iTunes. We'd really love that. Really helps us out. You can email us, weirdingpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at weirdingpod. We love to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, please message us, interact with us. <laughs> We're desperate for attention. <laughs> we need it. We crave it. We're needy. Yes. <laughs> but until next time, everybody, be nice and take, take your, your spice. spice. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>